I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Jensen away. Yes, yes, welcome back to another episode of the NRL Supercoach Podcast, hosted by the SC Whisperer. Now, I wanted to jump behind the mic today and just run over a couple of things. It won't be an overly long podcast, but obviously I'm getting a lot of team requests sent by you guys, um, and I have stated I want to get you guys on the pod and uh, review your teams basically live and help out the guys that maybe have similar players in their sides, but... I wanted to jump on and talk about strategy uh, in building your team and, and where you can sort of base your team around. Now, um, getting a lot of questions regarding uh, having non-players play, how many should you be playing, where the value lies, uh, where to go more expensive. So I just want to give a brief overview of where sort of I see better value in certain positions without sort of listing names. So at hooker, I wouldn't recommend going sort of mid-range. I'd either rather go below 300k or above 600k. I wouldn't really recommend anything in between, um, just because it's sort of awkward. If they're priced at that weird 300 to 600k, it's obviously they haven't gotten many minutes or they didn't score well. Um, so your premium options are really only Damien Cook and Harry Grant. Now, I've always said, if you are going to spend big bucks on someone, you need to be confident on them. Um, you need to like basically rely on them to be there every week. If you're spending more than 600k on a person, that guy is not a trade target, unless he goes down with an injury, uh, or he is suspended for some reason. Whereas under 300, these are guys that are going to make your money. Now, personally, I think that the hooker position this year, there is value in going cheaper than your two premium options. Um, I think there is plenty of options if you want to save cash elsewhere to go cheaper. Uh, and that's the same with your front row. Now, obviously, uh, Payne Haas, David Clemmer, Josh Papali, uh, they're sort of your premium options. But um, I think prop this year is somewhere that you can cheap out at. Um, people are sending me questions asking, is it risky to not run a gun there? Um, and no, I don't think so. Like, I am really tossing up with the idea of not having anyone above sort of 400k in my front row to free up money elsewhere. Um, now that's just how Supercoach has sort of played itself out this year. In prior years, I would just stack my forward pack and forget about it. But there is so many options around sort of under 350k for your front row forwards. So they're going to get starting minutes for the first couple of weeks, and um, I don't have to name names. You, probably, you guys probably know who I'm talking about. Um, there's a few options there, especially dual position guys as well that maybe will be named at an edge and play 80 minutes. But, um, yeah, look, I think front row forward options this year... Look, if you're going to go two guns, I'm not going to begrudge you. I just think there's other positions this year that are more crucial uh, to be getting the best bang for your buck. Uh, I think you can go cheaper in your front row, uh, personally, but I have seen good teams with expensive uh, props. 
Now, second row is something I have the complete opposite uh, on. Uh, I think you should just be trying to stack this as much as possible. Now, obviously, there's some really good cheapies to put on your bench, um, but your your premium three, uh, I think you should be having at least two guns and one upper mid-range player that's set to, to have a big year. Uh, I don't see the appeal in, in going cheaper here. Um, your second row forward has consistently been one of the best scoring positions. There's so many guys. There's Ryan Madison, there's Jason Tamalolo, Cameron McInnes, Angus Crichton, uh, just to name a few. Like there, There's four names there that you can build off, but second row forward is somewhere that I would really uh, suggest you guys look strongly at. Um, it's not a place to really uh, cheap out. And look, yeah, there's some really good bench guys to, to fill out, but uh, the, the core and the crux of your team, I think, should be built around uh, your second rowers and the next position, which is halfback. Now, uh, outside of Nathan Cleary, I'm very, very uncomfortable about picking anyone else as my main seven. I've said before, guys like Ash Taylor, Jamal Fogarty, George Williams, um, these are great guys to, to put as your, as your secondary seven if you're going to run two. Uh, Mitch Moses is another one. So, look... If you're going to be running one halfback and one halfback only, it's got to be Nathan Cleary. If you're going to be running two halfbacks, then I can see a world in where you go to mid-rangers um, just to sort of cover that fourth reserve spot in your side. Um, but if you're going to be playing with one, I think it's Nathan Cleary and, it, and there's no one else. Um, same with the five-eighths. I think you're crazy not to start with Munster or Walker. I understand that the Melbourne play South in the first round, but after that, like these two guys are the premium 5.8s for an option. You're paying big bucks for them. Um, another man is someone like Dylan Brown or Kyle Flanagan that you can play as a secondary uh, 5.8, but same as halfback. I wouldn't be starting without two of those guns. So right now, a lot of your money building your team should be spent so far on your second row, your half, and your 5.8. Um, I'll touch on one more position, but you guys obviously know what it is. Um, you guys know what my stance on center wings are too. I think going cheap, I think there's one man that you're going to go. If you're going to go expensive, um, there's only one man to go expensive on, and I think that's Valentine Holmes. I was very high on Brian Toto, um, but with the news that he is moving to left center outside of Crichton, um, I think that's just going to limit his uh, chance to get his hands on the ball in the attacking third. I still think Toto will put out uh, really good base stats. Um, but, yeah, look, for me, I'll make it no secret. I have no center wing in my side under 300k. Um, but fullback is a different story. Fullback is when I think you should be having two guns. No questions about it. You can go potish with someone like Latrell or someone like uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek. But if you don't have Tedesco or Pappenhausen, I think you're really behind the eight ball there. Um, there is plenty of ways to build your side around to, to have Tedesco. Um, the way I've structured my team, I can't afford the extra 200k that Tedesco is um, over someone like Pappenhausen. So um, he's not in my side, but I definitely have Pappenhausen. I think you need to have one of those two. Uh, and then you can sort of look a little bit left field, but I think you need to be having two genuine guys that average over 60 in your fullbacks. Um, I don't see a point in running someone like a Matt Moylan at fullback. Um, it just, yeah, it frees up cash, but um, I think he works best as your, as your backup 5 eighth, um, just because it frees up so many other avenues to, to have your team. So touching on your starting sides when you're building it, I think hooker, you could probably go a little bit cheaper. Prop, you can definitely go cheaper. Second rowers, I think that's where a lot of your money should be spent. Halfback, I think one of them has to be big. 5 eighth, I think one of them has to be big. Centers, personally, I go cheaper, but um, I've seen merit for either way, so it's it's a real balancing in your side if you can afford a more expensive center wing. Um, but fullback, I think, is the position where every side needs to be built off the back of two genuine outstanding guns. 
Now, I'm getting a lot of questions in regards to bench options, bench, uh, the way it works, how many players you should have playing, who should be your reserves, etc. Now, I personally think you shouldn't be nothing out players so early on. Um, your early rounds are where points, in my opinion, don't matter. It's all about making money. Um, historically, I haven't started great. Um, I've always probably been around the the 8 to 10k mark for the first five rounds uh, because people go chasing points, whereas I'm someone that likes to chase money. Um, so if you guys are chasing money, do not be discouraged by your rank so early. Don't go chasing points. Um, if some of your guns aren't performing, then yeah, let, let's look at moving them. And um, I'm going to be doing a and a throughout the podcast during the season where you guys ask me, and I'm, I'll obviously give you my opinions. But um, yeah, look, I wouldn't be recommending nothing players out. I think you need to maximize your entire bench spots with players that are playing. Now, at the moment before trial stand, very little cheapies are making themselves known. So you need to choose carefully as to who you put in. And that sort of falls back to your guns. Um, I've always said, build your bench first. So I would build my guys that aren't playing first, make sure they're, they're all going to play, and then work out how much cash you've got to, to build your guns around. Because you don't want to be getting to Teamless Tuesday and having no money to, to rebuild your side. And Players that are sending me teams with Sam Walker, Joseph Sawali, Zach Sadler, Ben Trevojevic in their sides. Um, it's just, yeah, look, it's all well and good to have them as placeholders, but just know the way that your guys' teams are set up, you're probably going to have to forego a gun in order to make those cheapies playable. If you guys are solely set on running enough, then only run one. You want to have a looping option, um, but I wouldn't be running much more than one because you sacrifice so much in the long term. It's at round sort of 17 to 20 that the the really experienced and better super coach players really set themselves apart because they have a side that is just stacked with talent because they have been smart with their cheapies to start with. Same with mid-rangers. If you're going to pick a mid-ranger, you need to have... You need to be able to see that they have upside. That's why I'm so against someone like Jai Arrow. Um, I'm on the fence about Tino because I don't see how much upside they're going to make. Now, I don't see it worthwhile if you buy a guy at 500k and sell him at 30k, uh, 530k. I think you're losing um, better options for 30k in one trade. Now, I've said it before. This year is very different because we have so limited trades. Last year, for you guys that only just started playing... Um, You had the freedom to basically just trade your heart away until the end of the year because there was no restrictions, there was no origin, there was no buy clean, there was no nothing. So be careful with your cash cows, be careful with your uh, mid-rangers. Guys have asked me, when should you sell them? And that comes down to their break-even. And for you guys that don't know what a break-even is, it's a score that the player has to achieve to maintain their price. And that fluctuates week on week, so... I'll be reporting on all of those to help you guys out working out when to sell, when to uh, buy example. And if a cheapie is named, um, that doesn't mean that you have to buy them straight away. You've got two weeks to look at them before their price goes up in that third. So um, an example that comes to the top of my head right now is uh, Matt Tomoko from the uh, Canberra Raiders. Now, all reports are saying that Croker is out for the first week and Tomoko will be named at center. Um, I could just see a lot of guys jumping on him because of the price and because he's starting, um, but he will basically end up in your side as enough, and he'll sit there and not make any money because he won't play the three games to get the price rise. So it's 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 a strategy thing. As for for your captains, if you're gonna go, if you like a left field shout at captain, 
um, obviously put them as your VC, as your VC uh, at the start of the week. So these these are your X factor guys. Now, obviously, like I said before, your VC doesn't work unless you have a non-playing reserve. So that's where you have to sort of make your mind up. Do you want to have a crack at two captains, or do you want to make more money? And I love a good loop, but I don't like it so early on. Uh, I think after Origins, when you can really start to refine your squad, and for you guys that are new to the game. At the end of the year, when you look at the rankings and see the guys at the top, you'll see that they have a lot more guns than they started with. That is because they buy low and sell high and upgrade them to more established stars. So, a lot of the teams that you guys send me, you say, oh, should I pick player X or player Y? And they're both, they're both priced the same, really, um, a lot of the time. So, it's a personal thing. It's a balanced thing. Do you guys feel the need that you need strengthening in certain positions? Um, but like I said earlier, the one thing I would recommend is building your side from the bench, working out your four reserves, and then moving into your uh, into your starters. So just a little quick one today, guys. I just wanted to jump on and just sort of give my thought process behind team building. I'm going to have some guys uh, in the community as well um, come on and, and give their strategies to try and help you guys out too. But I just want to quickly jump on and, and tell you sort of how I think when I pick my side and um, I will be revealing my team sort of closer to, to round one to give you guys some insight. Um, but for now, that's all, guys. And keep your friends close and keep your pods closer. That'll knock a jacket potato out of you, that. And the cheese and the coleslaw. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 